This is Judaism 101.9 with Rabbi Michael Katz of Elovo. Yes, and coming to you live from Johannesburg, exactly 10 minutes past two on this beautiful Wednesday afternoon. Isn't it a glorious day outside? Wonderful, wonderful weather that we're having and a beautiful uh, vibe, a beautiful atmosphere, I guess, in town following the Chag, the festival of Shavuot. Yeah, we waited seven long weeks for the Chag. We waited seven long, long weeks for this festival from Pesach. And those weeks we counted the days and we improved our behavior and we worked on all sorts of things that we were meant to, I hope, in order to be able to re-receive the Torah as we did over this last weekend with the Chag, with the beautiful festival of Shavuot. And now that the Chag is over, now that the festival has finished, well, what do we do now? How does it all work? And um, in fact, we could be forgiven for thinking that, you know, Judaism seems to have a tremendous amount of theory, and we like to study the theory. We think about it. We um, enjoy it. It's mentally challenging. It's good for the mind. It's good for the heart. It's good for our souls, I guess. Um, but what about some practical steps to integrate it all, to put it all into practice. How are we supposed to come away from Echag, like Shavuot, and actually um, institute or integrate or put into practice um, some of the stuff that uh, we have learnt in the Torah? And so perhaps today we're going to spend a little bit of time thinking about a few areas, certainly, that um, I've been thinking about where we could, each and every one of us, including myself, put some um, steps in place in order to practically institute um, and integrate some of our Torah principles, some of our Torah learning into our own lives. Perhaps in order to start it, we'll think about the fact that, you know, the lineup of the parshiot, of the parshas of um, the Torah is not always that predictable, but there are a few things that are very predictable. For instance, the parsha that is always read on the Shabbat before Shavuot is the parsha of Bamidbar. We go into the desert, and it is all about the beginning of the numbering of the Jewish people, and so we have that dual kind of a message that while the Torah was given in no man's land and nobody could actually lay claim to it, it's also the book in which we begin, as we did last Shabbat, counting the Jewish people. God extensively numbers and counts his precious, precious people, his precious tribes and families and souls in order to keep on reiterating to the Jewish people the real love and the real value that God places in each and every one, that everyone is significant, that everyone counts, that everyone is important, because it's pretty obvious that God wanted to number the Jewish people. He could have just scanned it all. He could have just um, uh, checked it all out and known it. God doesn't need to actually physically count in order for him to uh, know how many people there were. Um, it could have just been by God's divine inspiration. Here it is and laid out all the numbers exactly as they were. But there was something that God wanted us to understand and to actively get involved in those counts to understand our intrinsic value, that each and every one counts, that everyone is important. And God does it at all the uh, particularly important occasions in the desert. We are counted uh, before the Torah, we are counted after the plagues, we are counted 
before we go into Israel, there are several of these counts, and each one of them is uh, sending us the exact same message of the significance of the importance of each individual. The fact that things and items that are numbered have a value. They are important. Um, they're significant. Not, God forbid, in any way to downplay it or downgrade it or to say that we are just a number, and we all know um, what I'm referring to when we think about that. Here we're talking about God's significance that he places in each and every one, in each and every individual. Everyone counts. Everyone is significant. Everyone is important. And having had that, just before Shavuot, the parsha that immediately follows after Shavuot is always the parsha of Nassau, which we read this coming week. Now, um, those of you who went to um, school in Pretoria will know exactly what I'm talking about when we talk about a great and wonderful Hebrew cheder teacher that we all had um, in Pretoria who used to teach us about this word Nassau or Yisa, the same word. It means so many different things. And he always used to tell us, and look how it's ingrained in my mind, certainly, that the word Nassau your Yisa, the root of it is to carry, to marry, to lift up and to forgive. Carry, marry, lift, forgive and to count. God carries us. He marries us. He lifts us. He forgives us and he counts us. It's got all those significant messages within that one word, one word, Nassau. But what we also know about the word Nassau or about the Parsha Nassau that always follows after Shavuot is that um, the Parsha Nassau is the longest Parsha single parsha in the Torah. It has 176 verses. 176 verses in the parsha Nassau. When we take a look at the longest capital, the longest psalm in the book of Tehillim, King David's psalms, we all know that it is Psalm 119. Psalm 119 has 176 verses. So there is a synchronicity there between this parsha and the Psalms, Tehillim, 176 verses. Now, quite amazingly, when we take a look at the um, Oral Torah, we have a look at um, the um, Talmud, we know that the biggest of the Masechtot, of the tractates of Talmud, is the tractate called Baba Batra. And Baba Batra, Baba Basra, has 176 pages. 176 pages in the Gemara and the Talmud Baba Basra, 176 verses in the Tehillim, uh, the longest psalm, Psalm 119, 176 verses in the Parsha of Nassau. And we've got to think about there that there is a significance, there's an importance in the fact that these all line up, that they all have the same number. Now, numbers is an important part of uh, Judaism. It's an important part of the period of time that we're in now. But perhaps it actually tells us that um, the Torah itself is something that is not only endless, it's also large. It's not only 176 verses, pages, tractates, or books, but it is huge. It has got within it Torah itself. It's got within it the um, uh, the Nevi'im, the Ketuvim, all of the later uh, writings that were canonized into the Tanakh, and it's got within it the Oral Torah. And each and every one of them is a significant part of our learning. And the same way as we know that we receive the Torah on Mount Sinai, we need to know that the Torah needs to be studied. It needs to be learned. It needs to be thought about. It needs to be applied 
and it needs to be integrated into our lives. To just have it there on a shelf or in a cupboard or in our um, uh, holy ark that contains our Torahs in our shuls, that's certainly a wonderful thing. But it's not enough. The Torah doesn't only have to be taken out of there and read. And a lot of people believe that, uh, you know, the significance of a Torah is you read from the Torah. Um, well, all very well to read from the Torah and what a wonderful thing that is. But what's the idea of reading from it? Reading from it is that we should understand it, that we should learn it, that we should hear those words. We know they make a difference in the atmosphere and in the environment. But most importantly is to take those words to heart, to integrate them into our lives, to make sure that the teachings of the Torah are not just words, that they're not just things there that um, um, incite us and invite us to have um, all sorts of mind games and explorations of the mind, um, which in itself is very, very wonderful and fascinating. But ultimately, God gave us the Torah to integrate into our lives, to bring down into action and to do things that would make a significant difference, not only in our lives, but in the lives of our communities and in, of course, the lives and the uh, wealth, welfare and well-being of the entire world. This is Judaism 101.9 with Rabbi Michael Katz of Elovo. So perhaps to borrow from the idea of the 176 verses of the um, uh, Parsha of Nasser, the 176 pages of the uh, book, the tractate of Baba Basra, and the 176 verses that are in the longest capital, the longest Tehillim of Psalm 119, Perhaps it's important for us to focus on uh, three major areas of uh, Torah application in our lives. We know that the Torah is a threefold Torah that was given to a threefold people, we're told, and it was given in the third month. The third month that we're in now is this month of Nisan. And what a wonderful month, of course, it is because it's the month in which the Torah was given. Um, that's its major claim to fame, this third month. So we had a first month of Exodus. We had a second month of preparation, a full month of preparation in between, and then the month of Sivan, in which the Torah was given. It was given to a threefold people. Yes, there were men, there were women, there were children. There were also Kohanim, Levim, and Yisraelim. And we think about the threefold people who received the three, threefold Torah. Um, they received the Torah that was comprised of um, everything that was written and everything that's in the oral law. And then there's all the traditions. And um, that in itself um, spells well or bodes well for the idea that perhaps there are three major areas in our lives that um, we need to actually look at, think about, and apply the Torah and its wonderful, wonderful, rich and vast teachings to our lives. The first one, of course, is to apply it to ourselves. We need to think, I guess, um, about the various teachings of the Torah and understand that um, while the Torah was given to us in this threefold fashion, none of the mitzvot really have only got to do with us ourselves kind of in private. Every one of them is going to impact on the other areas, on our communities, on our families, and on the world out there. Every single one of them is um, something that has a much vaster reach and a much, much vaster influence than we um could possibly ever fathom. There is nothing um, about a mitzvah that is only personal and private. However, there are many things that are of a personal and private nature that we certainly need to 
work on that we need to integrate into our lives. And uh, perhaps, strangely enough, this is the most difficult part of um, Torah application because uh, we have a tendency as uh, human beings to uh, behave well when people are watching, to behave well when there are others around. What about when we are in the privacy of our own private spaces? How well or how badly, how poorly do we behave then? When our guard is down, when we're literally um, alone, um, or perhaps just alone with our uh, dearly beloveds, um, how well or how badly do we behave in that private kind of a space? And it's not only a question of how well or how badly do we behave. What are we doing in order to work on our own personal growth, on our own personal mental growth, on our own personal spiritual growth? What are we doing to improve our own personalities? You know, we very often have um, certain uh, defects or certain problems, certain issues, certain difficulties. We take a look at them. We uh, know them. We're uh, sometimes concerned and worried about them. But um, then it becomes a lot easier just to fop them off, um, to uh, turn over a new leaf of a new day and say, well, I'll get deal with that tomorrow. So number one is uh, we need to remember that um, my particular problems were given to me in order for me to be able to bear them and for me to be able to deal with them. I need to deal with them and I need to deal with them as soon as possible. Procrastination is uh, a failing that some of us are smitten with, but uh, we need to make sure that there are, or we certainly have a plan of uh, dealing with things um, now. And, um, this is the opportunity, perhaps right after Shavuot. And yes, um, in the southern hemisphere, of course, we're in the winter months. We have long evenings. We have long nights. Well, how are we going to spend those long evenings, those long nights? Are we just going to turn in that much earlier? Are we going to uh, cuddle up with a um, good book and take a look at um, uh, some uh, videos or uh, watch television? Or should we not be spending time with a in our private places, in other words, alone at home, or preferably by making sure that we attend some kind of shiurim, some kind of classes, some kind of Torah learning, that we can, in fact, broaden not only our knowledge, but uh, deepen our spiritual connections to God. What are we doing about our black holes? We certainly all of us have certain black holes in our knowledge, in our understanding, in our Judaism. Um, what are we doing about that? What are we doing not just about um, losing weight or uh, making sure that we're fit or um, seeing to it that we look good? What are we doing about the inside? What are we doing about our souls? What are we doing about our neshamas? What are we doing about our spiritual um, connectivity and connections and uh, the need for us to be better people um, in and of ourselves. And of course, then, to create a sense of happiness, of calm, um, of uh, positivity, of positive energy. How about spending some time now in these days, weeks after Shavuot, of uh, just refocusing ourselves a little bit more on what am I going to do in my private environment um, and that private environment not necessarily only being in the privacy of your own uh, private spaces in your own private uh, room or uh, house or home. 
but what am I doing about me, about the fact that um, I have perhaps an anger management issue? Am I dealing with it? I have perhaps a, a little bit of a, an arrogance. What am I doing about that? I have perhaps a little bit of too much of an ego, a little bit too much of a self-importance. What am I doing about that? And if I want to work on that, well, best way, study some Torah. Um, keep on learning it. Keep on looking at it. Keep on reviewing it. Number one is it's a great leveler because it cuts you down to size when you suddenly realize that not everything is so easily and readily understood. And there are a lot of people out there who are um, a lot cleverer than you in the Torah itself, in its brilliance, in its wisdom, in its infinite um, <coughs> depth of of lessons and teachings, so vast that that itself um, is something that puts us into our right perspective of just how vast, how huge God is, how huge and how vast the Torah is. It puts us into a, it gives us a, a great perspective of just how small we actually are and, of course, how great we can become. So what about spending some time focusing on our personal space, our personal um, needs, difficulties, black holes, our personal inadequacies, our personal difficulties, and making sure that we learn, we study, we read up, we get involved, and we actively then pursue a path of rectifying, of fixing, of making those a little bit better um, for me, and then, of course, for the influence that I can have in the other realms. So realm number two, perhaps, is to extend to our family and our community. If we think about um, our relationship with God, is the relationship with God not just a, or not not just, but let's not underestimate it, but it is actually a prototype of the relationships that we have with others, and aren't the relationships that we have with others prototypes or examples or metaphors for the relationship that we have with God? Yes, of course, from time to time, there are issues with other people. Of course, from time to time, um, there are things that get on our nerves, there are things that irritate us, that aggravate us, but it's actually how do we deal with it that is much more important than um, the actual issue. Issue to begin with, um, perhaps every single um, one of these irritants that comes along the way from others or from the, the the family or from the community and so on, perhaps each and every one of them is sent specifically for me, for you, just to see how we're going to deal with it. Yes, it sounds to be a little bit self-centered um, if that's the way we think of it all, but truly, how do we deal with it? Do we get irritated? Do we literally throw our toys out the cot? Do we behave in a fashion, in a way that leaves a lot to be desired? Or do we think things through properly, carefully, correctly? Do we have the wherewithal to be calm, to be um, to not allow ourselves to rise in an anger that could get us to do all sorts of crazy stuff that would otherwise not be possible? Do we have that self-control? Do we have the ability to put all negative um, and animal tendencies behind us and not allow them to get through and to dominate us at all and own us and define us and get us to behave in a fashion that would leave a lot to be desired? Or do we actually um, behave in an animalistic, in a bombastic, in an arrogant, in a self-centered um, kind of a fashion? Of course, all of these things are there to challenge, to test, and to give us the opportunity to actually 
better and foster better family relationships, relationships between spouses, relationships between parents and children, relationships between grandparents and grandchildren, uh, between in-laws, uh, between all the people that we come into contact with, and then, of course, um, community. Let's not underestimate the importance of community in the fulfillment of Judaism. Judaism does not believe that people can be islands. We are not islands. We're not isolated. We need community. There are so many different realms and parts and important parts of Judaism that demand community and communal interaction. And you've heard it said before, of course, when people are down, when there's difficulties, um, the wonderful feeling of having a community, of having people who come around you, who support you, who help you. You see it. We've all seen it in action. And what a wonderful thing it is that we have a community like we do here in Johannesburg in general. And um, I guess all Jewish communities around the world who pull together, who rally at times of difficulty, at times of tragedy, at times of sadness, God forbid, how wonderful that is. And then, of course, you need community at times of joy as well. What good is there and how does it feel to sit all alone and celebrate a simcha? Um, <laughs> nothing could be further from joyous than that. So you're happy, but you're happy in your own skin. Wonderful. What about the real expression of joy that can only be felt and that can only be um, fulfilled when there are other people around you who share in that joy, who bring you additional joy. And each person who comes and participates actually adds to the simcha and how wonderful it is to have that kind of communal interaction. And then we've got to remember that there are certain communal responsibilities and certain communal, um, uh, not only responsibilities, but rights and privileges and duties. Um, <coughs> and, of course, we all know that there are some who have that um, idea and notion of communal responsibility down pat. They know how to do it. They know how to do it well. They're there when they're needed. They're ne there even when they're not needed, um, but never obtrusive, never getting in the way. There are some people who just have that knack. And then there's some of us who need to learn it. Who need to learn that, you know, when there is a difficulty, it's important to show your face. It's important to be there. And um, the idea of continually making excuses, and we all know that kind of a feeling of having to invent having to come up with excuses, why we shouldn't participate, why we shouldn't be there, why we shouldn't go to, I don't know, the Shiva house, uh, the hospital visitation, um, or to help with a minion for people who say need to say Kaddish in the morning, or any of the above, or all of the above, or any other communal application. Um, the shiurim that are being held in your shul are for others. They're not for me. They're not for us. Um, the idea of... Um, a communal responsibility of understanding and of knowing that if there is something communal that is happening, it is of paramount importance that we do show our faces, that we do participate, that we are there. It's not just about me and it's not just about you and it's not just about the community, but this is a very, very real manifestation and a very real program of um, fulfillment, I think, coming from Shavuot in how we can actually put into practice um, some, if not um, a lot of the Torah that hopefully we have learned and we've picked up and we've garnered over the weekend of Shavuot. Um, when we relived the giving of the Torah at Mount Sinai. 
This is Judaism 101.9 with Rabbi Michael Katz of Elovo. Well, while we were talking there about communal responsibility and our communal interaction, an SMS has come through um, asking us to learn today, to do um, our shir today, Le'ilui Nishmas, in memory of the soul and in order to elevate the soul of Yitzchak ben Herschel. So Yitzchak ben Herschel, uh, then Shama should have an aliyah and um, hopefully um, the soul will be credited with something of the learning that we are doing. And uh, perhaps this is an area, of course, where we can think about the role that we could play as well in um, uplifting others. And therefore, to move on to the idea of uh, the third phase, which is not only what you can do for yourself and not only what you can do for your community, but what you can do for the world. Um, now, it sounds silly and it sounds trivial and perhaps um, being belabored and overused a little bit, but what about our world obligation? You know, the world out there has got this kind of sinister image of the fact that um, there is some kind of a need for uh, Jewish world dominance. Well, maybe somewhere, somehow, this has been picked up from the fact that we as Jews understand that there is a huge influence that we can have on the world through our Torah and our mitzvot. Um, our Torah and our mitzvot, our fulfillment of mitzvahs is not just about me gaining um, some elevation. It's not just about those in whose merit I learn gaining elevation. And it's not just about elevating or picking up or lifting and placing in good stead my family or my community, but in fact we do truly understand that every mitzvah and every action and every bit of Torah learning that we do can literally make a world of difference to the world. It literally and uh, certainly does make a difference to the atmosphere. How do we purify the atmosphere? Is it with um, air conditioners, air, air purifiers, or do we focus rather, as we're told by our sages, do we focus rather on the Torah that we learn on the mitzvot that we do. And in this way, not only do we purify the air, but we purify, we change the entire balance of the world. You know, if we just out in the street got people to um, see and recognize good behavior, um, imagine the impact that people have when they see a good action. Um, uh, the world is replete with beautiful stories of people doing wonderful things and how others have learned from it. Yeah, we talk about it in uh, playing it forward. We talk about it in the idea of people witnessing and seeing uh, deeds of bravery and great actions and someone uh, rescuing others and so on, how inspiring it is and how the next time they're confronted with a similar situation, they act that way. Because that was what they saw and that was what they realized was so great and so wonderful. You know, the world certainly needs to learn from us as um, Jews who have access to the Torah, who have the ability to teach it, that uh, not necessarily are we going to get everybody to sit down and study in study groups about what the Torah should actually do. But um, how important it is that when we're walking out in the street, when we are interacting with other people, um, when we're seen in any kind of a public and um, a similar arena, that our behavior is correct, that our behavior is consistent with what a Jew should be and what our Torah instruction should be. That in and of itself can change an atmosphere that can create a knock-on effect, but at the same time it can also bring about 
and a, a fundamental change in the vibe, in the atmosphere, not only in the particular room, in the particular auditorium or the particular um, shopping center um, where you were witnessed doing something that was right and correct and positive and good and kind. But um, it certainly changes the entire atmosphere of our world and tilts the world just a little bit more towards the um, um, imbalance that we want to cause, which is an imbalance of good over bad, of right over wrong, of correct over incorrect. And in that way, certainly each and every mitzvah and everything that we learn can change and fix this world. This is Judaism 101.9 with Rabbi Michael Katz of Elovo. Hi, and welcome back. Yes, and just to sum up, let's um, perhaps think about how we're going to dedicate ourselves or rededicate ourselves to um, a threefold Torah in a three in the third month that was given to a threefold people um, in three significant areas of our lives. The first, of course, trying to improve, trying to work on. Uh, me trying to work on my personal growth the fact that i need to study more that i need to learn more that now is the time that um you were thinking that perhaps this was the year in which we're going to learn a little bit more torah but there have been so many things that have kept you from it you're going to contact your particular rabbi your shul your um, local uh, chabad house uh, whatever it is and you're going to ask them for a class for a group for a shear for some Torah learning that will be tailor-made to suit you. That will be something that you really will be able to get into and you'll be, really be able to participate in and enjoy. At the same time, thinking about um, some personal growth. You know, today we can uh, download so much stuff from the Internet. There's so much that we can research and we can find and we can do. It's incredible. We have libraries at our fingertips. Um, let's make use of them for a little bit of personal exercise in a spiritual realm personal study and personal growth in that realm. And then, of course, moving on to phase two, which is um, our interactions with our families, our loved ones, and our community. How are we going to make a an effort to see to it that we are not left wanting when it comes to personal relationships, when it comes to the family needs, as well as when it comes to our community, that we're going to be there when the call goes out for people to attend a share, a class, a group, a minion, um, whatever it may be, that we're going to be involved, that we're going to be there, that we're going to give of ourselves, and we're going to make sure <clears throat> that we participate in the community in that way. And then um, finally, how in our uh, public life, in our public spaces, we're going to make sure that we live lives and that we do things that would not only make others uh, proud and make us proud and make us feel good about ourselves, but things that are really um, um, kind of in keeping with the Torah learning that we have, that we're meant to have, that we're judged for, that we're supposed to be and that we're supposed to have, and um, <coughs> in this way have a beautiful threefold application of um, personal, of uh, communal, and as well as of world view um, vision of what it actually is that we can do to rectify, to fix, and to tilt the balance in this world for good. These are some of the areas that we can be involved in that we could think about uh, going forth from Shavuot because after all, once we've got this incredible powerhouse and this manual and these gems, these jewels of 
um, wisdom of Torah and all the mitzvot that they encompass, they incorporate, and they instruct, we certainly have to put it into practice. We've got to make it all work. We've got to understand that this is not just some kind of a document, some kind of a manuscript, a Torah that has to be filed away, handed down one uh, one day to our children, to the next generation. No, it's got to be lived, it's got to be kept, it's got to be practiced, it's got to be done. And these are just some of the realms within which hopefully we can do that. So I want to wish you a great rest of the week, a great Shabbat up ahead. I look forward to being back with you next week, same time, same place, at uh, just after 2, 10 past 2 on a Wednesday on Judaism 101.9.